there's something in me. I don't know it's the area I'm from, the way I was brought up, but that constant questioning of me, I think throughout my career, has made me want to ram it back down people's throats. Lab, a podcast that explores the behaviours of elite sports people to give you the blueprint for success both on and off the pitch. Each episode we'll speak to the most compelling people in sport to understand the secrets of elite performance and help you learn from them. My name is Ben Welch and this week I will explore focus with my co-host and performance guru Rayan Wilson. Whether you're a Sunday League clogger or a Champions League winner you need to master the art of paying attention. This sounds simple but trying to shut out the noise around you and the chatter inside your head can be overwhelming, leading to distraction and substandard performance. To help you boost your concentration over 90 minutes, we've invited former Brighton and Crystal Palace striker Glenn Murray onto the podcast to discuss his fantastic career. Glenn made it all the way from the muck and nettles of non-league to the scoring charts of the Premier League via the United Soccer League Championship. It was Glenn's laser focus that helped him reach the top tier of English football, as well as the conditioning work he did alongside Ryan during the latter stages of his career. I started working with Glenn back in 2013 after he suffered a serious knee injury and hired me to map out his rehabilitation. Since then, we have developed a strong bond and after sharing many fascinating conversations, I knew he'd be the perfect guest for this podcast. It's fair to say he didn't disappoint. So before we jump into the interview, it's worth noting we spoke to Glenn before he announced his retirement from the game on May 31st, 2021. After 19 years of hitting the back of the net, he finally decided it was time to hang up his shooting boots. Bruno, Murray, it's there! No offside flag! There it is! 100 up for Glenn Murray! Hi Glenn and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. So you've had a phenomenal career, scoring more than 200 goals, playing for the likes of Brighton, Crystal Palace and Rochdale. You've made more than 560 appearances across the football pyramid and you're still going strong in the championship at the age of 37. How have you managed to attain such an amazing level of focus across a career spanning 19 years? That's a deep question <laughs> and probably a very long answer. I suppose it depends what you focus on. Um, well, that, that's what I mean. You have, you have short-term focus and long-term focuses. Uh, I would have said, if you asked me at 20 years old, the Premier League would have been a dream that was completely out of reach. I think my main focus was to be, as you, you mentioned there, that um, I came up through non-league and I went via America. Uh, I done it supposedly the hard way. So my first, my first port of call was I wanted to be a professional footballer. And to be a professional footballer, I had to go to America to do that, to play, to get paid, to play every single day. I had to go to the States to do that. And it was at a really low level and it was a really low income. It was barely enough to survive, but that was one box ticked. But the real dream and the real goal was to be a professional in the football league in England, uh, sort of leagues and teams and players that I'd watched growing up. I wanted to be part of that whole circus, let's call it. Um, and through by, uh, by hook or by crook, I got that. I, I managed to, to sign a deal with Carlisle, uh, which was in the conference. I got one reserve game at Carlisle. I got invited to, to go and play a reserve game at Carlisle and ended up scoring in that game. If I hadn't taken that chance, would I have been invited back? 
who knows? When I got to the championship, a focus was to get to the Premier League, but I never really believed that I would. I, I sort of I sat down and 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 I'm quite a, I think I'm quite a realistic person, and and I felt as though the only way to get to the Premier League at my age for a player of my ilk was to get promoted. Uh, I didn't think I was fashionable enough to be signed by a Premier League team. Two years later, we got promoted. Um, and then my focus is to become a regular goal scorer in the Premier League. I sort of did that at Crystal Palace and then they sold me. Um, I mean, I think I only scored eight, eight in half a year for Crystal Palace in the Premier League when I when I did get a chance under Alan Pardew. And I was on the way to to proving myself at that level, but I got sold. And you don't let those those things break you and you just keep rolling with the punches. Like what? What didn't you achieve that you wanted to? I scored more goals. <laughs> I wanted to play for, for bigger and better clubs. I wanted to represent my country, like all the things you dream of, but I never got to do it, but it's just life. So do you want to score more goals? Yeah. Now I know when you weren't scoring more goals, there are reasons for it. Could be your current form, could be the players you're playing with, you're making runs and they're not necessarily seeing things. But your ultimate focus is goals. What do you have to do to achieve that ultimate focus? Because I know, for example, at Crystal Palace, you had wingers who like to hang on to the ball. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you, you mentioned Crystal Palace there and the wingers that I played with were Wilfred Zaha and Yannick Balassi. I mean, they were far from the Wilfred and Yannick that we know now. Um, they were very raw at the time. And it's about building relationships as well. Um, it's about making them understand that they don't need to take 11 men on and, and, and beat the goalkeeper to get noticed. Um, I spoke to both of them at that time because it was a frustrating time for me. Like Ray says, they would chop and they would chop. And, and bear in mind, I'm trying to make a run every time they chop. And they chop and they chop and they chop and then they take the guy on and then they turn around and they take him on again. And I'm like, is this ball ever going to come to the box? And I'm like running around, like, what is this fella doing in the box? <laughs> just running around. Um, but I, I, just, I just had to make them aware sort of thing that, that they had everything. I mean, like skill, uh, end product, they had everything. They just needed to make the right decision at the right time and through, through creating opportunities for me um, or, or anyone else on the team for that matter, whether or not I scored it or missed it, people inside the football world would be able to see that and they'd be like, wow, Wilfred and Yannick have created four, 40 opportunities for, for Glenn that afternoon. Like, well, let's say over the past month, they've, they've created 40 goal scoring opportunities for Glenn over the past month. He's only scored two goals. Could you imagine if we had a good striker on the end of those crosses? Do you know what I mean? So that's... So I had to sort of sit down and build a relationship with them, like tell them where I wanted the ball, tell them that if they keep finding me, regardless or not, if I miss it, big clubs or bigger clubs will be watching them and they'll be saying, if he can do that for such and such, then he'll score 50% of those chances. Like these boys are the real deal. Is focus a thing that you develop through maturity or is it something that you have in your personality? Are you a focused individual or do you learn from experiences and therefore become more focused? Focus comes with belief in yourself. Obviously, everyone focuses on something that they want to be, but really believing that you can get there is a, a completely different thing. And um, I mean, for, for me personally, like sort of speaking about a game, for instance, 
um, focusing on that 90 minutes and, and my main aim in a game, uh, you could perceive this to be selfish or not, is to score a goal, uh, win, lose, a draw. It, it's my job to, to try and score a goal to benefit the team and then and then off the back of that, play well um, and, and all the other things come with it and, and try and get three points or get through to the next round, whatever it is. I think that the longer you, you play and, 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 and the, the more sort of times you score goals, the more belief you have in your own ability and yourself. And, and that's when you start focusing on different things, on, on sort of, on maybe the Premier League, on, I mean, first and foremost, you start on the Saturday afternoon, score one goal, get one goal, focus, second goal, third goal, always want more, always be hungry. So your focus is ever-changing. Okay, so just shifting the focus off of the game you've gone through at one stage which would have been deemed a career-threatening injury I mean as science moved on it, it, it changed things you've grown a family do you know what I mean I know personally you resided in the south for a lot longer in your career but you've played in various different places in the country looking at household relationships with you know your wife your kids and the pressures, birthdays, illness, just being away, lack of form. But then you've got to go and play in front of this crowd and satisfy not only your team, team results and the fans. How, how does focus change or differ in those circumstances? I think that that is different for, for every person you would ask. Uh, for me, having a family, first and foremost, give me an extra focus. My career was just, I wouldn't say it was dwindling away, but it was just sort of, it was, I was coasting along, really. Uh, I had no real end focus. I was a footballer. I was happy. Um, I had nothing really to strive for. But when I had children, that really changed. I suppose I had someone extra to make proud, to, to, to provide for, to, uh, to create for, to create a future for. It's funny you ask that question, Ray, because uh, whilst I was at Crystal Palace, my little girl had just been born and she was really, really ill. I say really, oh, sorry, she, 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 she never had um, a major disease or anything, touch wood, uh, but she, she was in and out of hospital uh, regularly and uh, I was literally sleeping at the hospital all week. Um, I was getting up, I was going to play championship games up at Crystal Palace, I was swinging to a gym uh, for, for like two hours of me time before, before the game, I was getting a plate of pasta, uh, I was getting a muffin and a coffee. <laughs> Uh, and then I was going to play the game, but all through the week, I was not thinking about the game. Going to the game, I wasn't thinking about the game. In the game, I wasn't fully focused on the game. I was focused on my little girl. But through that lack of focus, it seemed to free me and get the best out of me almost. And that's why, and that's why, so as a, as a young guy, I would. I would, uh, I would over-focus on the game, let's say. I would go home on a Friday, I'd think about the defenders I was playing against. Then my mind would start playing tricks on me, like, oh, he's, he's really good, he's, he's really dominant in the air. He's quite fast on the turn as well. He's... And then I'm, I'm going over all these scenarios, quite often negative, not positive. So from, from knocking off on a Friday, say, say at one o'clock, all the drive home, all the evening Friday, I'm like... Everything's got to be right. I've got to have my right meal. I've got to get a good night's sleep. I've got to get up in the morning, eat the right things. All the while I'm thinking of the game. I'll have my pre-match at home, thinking of the game. I'll get to the game. By the time I've got the game, 
I was exhausted thinking about the game. So I found, I found as, as I've grown older, the less I think about the game and the more I act on instinct in the game, that doesn't mean I don't prepare properly. I still prepare right because that it's, it's the right, that's the one percent your food, your sleep. But if I didn't get a good night's sleep on Friday night, then I didn't get a good night's sleep. It doesn't really matter. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's more about your sort of mental power than, than anything else. So on a Saturday morning, I would get up and I would take the dog for a walk and I'd go and have a coffee somewhere in the cafe and just be completely normal. I'm talking about playing the Premier League. I'd have people coming up into me in the cafe. At one stage when my, my little boy was a bit younger, we'd, we'd do the football scores together. So we'd go and buy a paper, we'd go to the coffee shop and then we'd like, we'd get have a pen and we'd like, we'd mark them off like, win, win draw, da, 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 we'd do that. And like people would be like, I can see people looking at me here and, and like, I know they're going to say something they're like, have you got a game this afternoon? I'm like, yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, why can't I be here? Like, what? Is this not a normal thing to do? Like, what do you think we do? What do you think we do? Like, just like sort of put us ourselves in some sort of chamber and just wait to come out at three o'clock. <laughs> do you know what? I think this is, although uh, a different topic, I think it's actually very reflective of society. Society has become obsessed with being happy. Do this, be happier. Do this, You're, this will make you happy. And the more you do to be happy, the less happy you are. If you just be or do the things that make you happy, then you'll be happy. Yeah, listen, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rock up to a ground and be like, I'm really happy, can't wait to play this game. Like some games I'm like, oh, can't be bothered to play this game today. But there'll be triggers, like something will happen. Like, I, I don't know whether, whether that triggers a chance, whether that trigger is a good challenge, whether that triggers somebody calling me something, whether it's somebody coming across me and catching me and me getting angry. There's all sorts of triggers. Like I'm not, I'm not saying my build-up to a game was perfect, but I would just get into the game and feel feel energized and, and not feel drained. That's all. And would I give would I give that advice to younger players? I would tell them to try it. But what works for one doesn't work for another. But Glenn, so I find that absolutely fascinating. But do you not think that the the sort of process of maturity, like that is just a journey that you have. That's what everyone has to go through. You don't achieve that or reach that or have that. Your uh, confidence and, and came through experience, right? You started to back yourself. You believed in yourself. You didn't over-worry. You didn't overthink. But when you're young and you're trying to prove yourself, it's almost impossible to get yourself in that headspace, right? Because you're a different person then. I think, I think I'm going off what people are telling me. You've got to sleep right. You've got to eat right. Um, you've got to focus on who you're playing. You've got to do this. And listen, I'm not saying that doesn't work for someone else. That might be the perfect preparation for another guy. It just wasn't perfect for me. And I recall a couple of scenarios. Um, and just hearing it, hearing you speak now, there's a distinct difference between careless and carefree. Like a lot of people tend to think, oh, I couldn't care less, blah, blah, blah. And they just throw it away. Or actually what you're saying is, do you know what? Yeah, I might care, but I'll pick and choose when them important times are. Now, I've had conversations with you and you've just missed a penalty. And I'm thinking to myself, is he going to bounce back in the next game and go score me a goal? Or is he now going to go and miss another frigging sitter? And, you know, I'm there thinking, oh, Glenn's going to be pissed off. 
how am I going to get him to do this training program, whatever the case may be. And he literally just laughs it off, shakes it off and says, look, I've got another game to focus on. Now, you've quite clearly shown some people will dwell on that, but you're the character that doesn't. Yeah. Like once it's put past you, reflect and then you kind of move on, he's on to the next one, on to the next focus. Do you feel your support structure at home and around your social network supports you to maintain that kind of level of mentality, which then leads into game day focus versus like, or do you think it's just something that's innate in you and you've just gone on and just become that or done that? That's probably something that I've honed in on as I've got older. As a young lad, those mistakes would have been, they would have hurt me much more. I mean, I went through a stage probably 23, 24 of having a bad having a bad game, missing a penalty, not playing well, missing a chance. I'd get home and I'd almost go into like a, it's like a self-punishment mode where it was, I can't go out tonight. I can't like, let yourself down today. Just stay in tonight. Just, you're not having a Chinese, like you just, so I'll cut all treats off for myself uh, or any plans. And I'd be like, I've been a low mood all weekend. Um, Don't get me wrong, once, one sort of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday got out of the way, I'd I'd sort of get out of it and I'd, I'd get, I'd get, refocused on the following week but it would hit me really hard but I would, I would almost I would almost let it hit me hard it was my choice to let it hit me hard and then and, and then I, I spoke to someone and he's like no no he's, why, why are you punishing yourself and I was like because I did this did that and he's like did you mean to do that and I was like well, obviously not like I'm desperate to score desperate to play well he's like well as long as you try your best and, 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 do, and do as well as you can and do everything you can do and prepare properly and everything, then you tried your best. I was like, yeah, I get that. So now, as I got older, not not so much now, uh, like you say, it's not careless, it's a bit more carefree, but so if I had a, whenever you score goals or whenever you play well, you're really content in your life. Like I'm I'm happy to do anything. If I've scored two on a Saturday afternoon in the Premier League or the Championship, it's like, happy days. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I could be doing the worst thing. I, I could be like maybe moving house on a Saturday night or like painting the bedroom. Do you know what I mean? But I'd be the happiest fella painting that bedroom all night. So now I've sort of twisted that whole self-punishment into like to try and lift me out of that. So now if I have a bad game, I make sure I make plans. I do something to get me out of that funk I'm in. I'd be like, let's go to cinema. Let's go out for a meal. Let's go and have drinks. Like there's been times now I was like, oh, um, you've like missed penalties. You got beat one nil, you've missed a penalty and you're going out in that town. Like there's going to be people that are going to say things to you. She's like, she'll just call it off. I'm like, nah, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go out with our friends. Let's, let, let's do something. Let's, let's get a pizza or a Chinese or do something with the kids because that, that in any point, that's when I need it most to lift myself up. Like I say, when I play well or when we achieve or when I score goals, I was happy doing anything. It didn't bother me. Life was great. But when I had a bad day, I tried, I, I completely switched everything on its head from what I did as a younger lad. And I tried to, to do something uplifting, happy, and not lock myself away and punish myself. But now, as you've evolved in your career, you're becoming one of the more mature, the granddads in the game. You're one of the mature athletes in the game. You're focusing on whether it be three points, whether it be, 
you know, just the, the team's form or what, whatever not. Do you find yourself having to guide slightly younger generation who you may see walking through your the steps you've already taken? Uh, I think I think that aspect does creep in as you get older. You want to help people uh, and young lads more and more, but um, a lot of people don't want to be helped. Let's be honest there. So I I, I try and lead by example more. Um, and if they come to me, brilliant. I think I've got a lot to give them. <laughs> Maybe I haven't, but I think I have. Um, and I'm willing to share that with them. But I'm not going to go sort of preaching to people that don't want to listen and be like, he's finished. Like, why, why would I listen to him? But if some kid comes to me and we, and we build a relationship and, and build a bond, then, yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy to help and... And it's nice helping. It's it's good to sort of give back to the game that have given, that's given me everything. How selfish have you had to be, um, or maybe not selfish? Maybe it's selfless, uh, because what I find interesting is you talk about your family becomes your focus. So you're they're, they're they're your number one focus, but at the same time, they have to, for want of a better word, maybe suffer sometimes because of that focus to do well for them because that miss, means missing, as Ray said, birthdays, you know, uh, parties, school plays, whatever. So how you, you're focused, but how selfish do you have to be to achieve what you've done, all in the name of doing it for your family or whatever, but how selfish do you have to be in, to, to retain that focus to get where you've got? As, as a younger person, I was more selfish. I can remember getting a call from Brighton uh, when I was at Rochdale and it was like the other end of the country and my then girlfriend being like, oh, what we're going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going. You can come along if you want, but I'm off. <laughs> Whereas that is not the case anymore, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, it, it, listen, I, I can be honest with you, I've turned moves down that I'm like, I would love to play for that football club, but it didn't quite work for my family. And like I said, my family is the most important thing to me because because they are, first and foremost, but also because from a football perspective, I always feel as though when I'm happy off the field, I produce much more on it. And since we've had children, I haven't really wanted to move them uh, so that they've stayed in one location. Uh, as Ray alluded to, I've, I've played in the South for a long time and uh, that's the reason behind that because I've been able to travel those clubs without uprooting my family and the help uh, that we've got around us. So, yes, I have missed lots of things, unfortunately. Uh, I think probably the main things are Christmases, uh, which are really difficult. You can sort of, you can plan birthdays around schedule to a certain extent, like parties and things like that. Um, school plays, missed a lot of school plays and things like that, uh, and competitions, which is really unfortunate, but the kids have always grown up with it. They understand what it's like, and I hope that gives them the drive in whatever they choose to do and they take that forward try and create something that they want to do with with that mindset you've kind of worked your way through the leagues and i feel like there's always that sort of sense of humility and maybe you've there's been a, a little bit of element of self-deprecation with yourself um but you've worked hard for where you were it wasn't given to you you've earned it and i have no problem with someone who's you know they start off at arsenal whatever but a player today the distractions. Now I call them distractions. You may set, you may interpret them differently, but the distractions away from focus. So you start. You're at an academy, Man City, Chelsea, wherever. 
you're getting ridiculous money, crazy money. And then you've come from a working class background and everyone around you's got their hand out. They want a job. They want money. They want tickets. They want this. They want that. You're on social media. A little clip of you playing in the academy blows up. You're getting all this. You're getting hype, hype, hype on, on social. All these distractions. People wanting you this. Here's a business venture. Do you want to invest in this? All these things going on around you as a professional. But nothing is about the game. Do you see young players coming through? And maybe now as you've got older, you've, you've had a taste of that yourself. Those different distractions. Do you see that? taken away from focus on performance and how how do you ignore the hangers on the people with their hand out how do you ignore the social media noise and just play that's a very difficult balance i think for youngsters coming through these days but i also think that the players these days are more than just football players they're a brand they're they're uh, they're a little bit of everything they're, they've got to be comfortable in front of the camera and things like that like sort of the new age plays you see them dancing and things on TikTok and all that. Um, but that's that ultimately fans want them to produce on the field, but they also want that insight into their lives as well. So it's a whole different thing being a footballer these days. Sometimes I think some kids get into it for the wrong reasons, i.e. the things off the field. There's, there's much more of a drive originally set out to earn money I think maybe more so from parents these days because they see the riches that are involved. Whereas when I was coming through this, and the football was well paid, don't don't get me wrong, but that was never ever in my thinking. I just wanted to play in front of full, full houses. I wanted to, I wanted to score goals in front of, of stands of people. Uh, that that was my dream, uh, and anything came along with that. If I was getting paid an average wage for that, I'd still be out there doing it because it was what I loved to do. Whereas I think now parents see the riches that football brings and they really, really push their kids, which I think is quite sad. But as, as, as far as sort of juggling everything, I think players need to have a really good set of people around them. And I think that's why it's hard to get to players these days. But more than, more than have, a, have a, a set of people around you, you need to have honest people around you, not people on the take around you sort of like I look at young lads these days and they're so they're so sort of encapsulated in these small circles of like their mum and dad and their best friend and their agent and maybe their girlfriend and when when I when I I look at it I mean some of these kids are under fortune so they've probably paid their mum and dad's mortgage off which is like they don't want to rock the boat girlfriend doesn't want to rock the boat because she loves you and she wants to keep you and she knows you could lose you at any moment. Your best friend doesn't want to rock the boat because he's benefiting off the back of you, really. Even though he's your best mate and you're always going to be mates, he's still, there's perks to being your best mate now. And the agent's desperate not to lose you because he knows you're worth a lot of money if you produce what, you, what he thinks you can produce. So those sort of circles around players are, are becoming smaller and tighter, I think. But what, what they need is honesty because when they go back and that circle I've just mentioned there where everyone's benefiting who's going to tell them the truth when they didn't play well when they're not working hard enough when they're maybe I don't know maybe going out when they should be training or whatever couldn't be any scenario so there needs to be honesty in those circles and that's that's all I, I think the boys do you know what I mean these days and and 
no one can help pick their circles. Their circles are their circles. But just, I don't know, agents, mums and dads, whatever, there needs to be some accountability thrown at the lads. And I, ju- I just hope that, that, that I, I suppose, agents more than anyone tell their players the truth, even though they know they might lose them through doing that. Because if, if, if not, I don't think you can achieve. That's, that's hard though, right? because some of the people that you're closest to are probably they're also the people that are worst but they're not good for you in the sense that they're close to you by virtue of being your family um but as you say they see you as a way out of poverty or like um you know where they, where you've grown up and they may push you to do things that aren't right or they may say yeah you know do that commercial deal do that commercial deal because that's 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 good money and they're getting a whack of that and I think that must be so hard because as a teenager who's been in this world, um, you will not have the emotional intelligence. You will not have the experience. You will not have the understanding to um, decipher these, the nuances of these relationships and see that stuff. These are the people you trust. You're backing them and they're telling you to do this thing, but are they telling you to do it for the right way? And all this, again, we talk all about this stuff. This is just noise to the 90, around the 90 minutes that need to play. And I find it fascinating that, an athlete has to just be able to deal with all that during the week and then play and then do it for 90 minutes in front of a packed house with loads of pressure no they're going to get out of that stadium they're going to get on their phone their timeline's going to be blown up you know I, yeah I but just... what pressure what pressure the pressure is the noise not the 90 minutes that's when you should be i think you always hear footballers speak uh, and they often say that all their problems they have in their life seem to disappear for that 90 minutes because that's when they're happy and, and you're fully focused on the game. Okay, what about the pressure of being judged then? Not by fans, not by media, but by your peers. What about the pressure of, maybe it wasn't a factor for you, but maybe I want them to think I'm good. I want the team to think I'm good. I want my teammates, I want whoever's played against me to think I'm good. Is there yeah, that so the, is- only, the, only, the only pressure that you're getting is pressure you put on yourself. But that pressure leads to good things as well. Like, I can remember stepping into, into a first team and, like, desperate, absolutely desperate to impress my peers. I'd come from, like, Unibon first and Unibon Premier League. Fair enough, Carlisle were in the conference at the time. But all the players that were playing for Carlisle had all been season pros in the Football League. I was desperate. So what I would do is I'd do all the work for them. I'd be like, I'll run there. I'll do that. Like... Do you know what I mean? I was desperately impressed with them. And when I got on the ball, I'd try and do something. I'd kick it to I'd try and score a goal. And when they patted me on the back, that made that meant the world to me. No, I just I, th- I think that your mentality, maybe do you feel like all footballers are like you, or is it that unique to you? I have had like sort of a motto that I, I always go back to. And it's just like, fuck it. Just like so when when I was successful in the Premier League for a bit, I was a bit like. I was maybe like being a little bit more reserved and I maybe wasn't, I was maybe trying to be a better player than what I was. And, and my missus was just like, you have nothing to lose. Just like, just do it. Like, what? Fuck it. Like, go for it. Is and it, then sometimes, sometimes you do, you do, your mindset does change. And, and when you stay in your own mind, it's a difficult cycle to get out of. So you do need to speak to people that you trust and that, that have know-how and things. But yeah, like, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. I got here through trying my best, so I continue to try my best. And even if that ends up with me face down on the floor and not being good enough, I can hold my hands up and be like, try my best. 
when, when, like, I just want to pick on what you said. To, like, you know, when you're at Palace and you scored goals, was it, was that element of like, so you started doing well because it was, fuck it. But then when you start doing well, do you start thinking, oh God, now that now now everyone thinks I'm good, like really good. Now now the expectations have changed. Now the dial is gonna get found out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> did, 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 was there that pressure? It's like now that now now it's not just just turn up and run around. Now it's like now we expect him to score. Now we now we expect something from Glenn now. Like he's playing at the top level and he's proved himself. To, was there was there a pressure then? Just just a personal pressure. Just the pressure of wanting to score goals that was always the same, whether I'd scored one or 20. That pressure never changes. Um, yeah, I mean, that that, that season, I, I, I scored 30. Like, there was no pressure on me because I'd been terrible the year before. But as, as we progressed, the, yeah, the only pressure I had was me. But that pressure changed through... It, it would change all the time. So I would hit targets and I would hit targets and I'd hit targets. But I'm greedy and I want more. So like it'd be like, right, let's get off the mark. So this this is my this is my thinking for a season. And let's let's talk about that season. So I'll go, right, first and foremost, let's get off the mark. Don't want to go like 10 games and not have a goal, because that'd be embarrassing. Don't want to go like 25 games. Like imagine if I didn't score for the season. And like I'm I'm talking off the back of songs two this season. So this is this is like difficult for me. But in my prime, yeah, things things are different now, but in my prime. I'd be like, oh my God, I've got to get off the mark. So I'd get off the mark, I'd be like, bosh, off the mark, I'm happy. Right, let's get another. Let's get the five, got the five, happy days. Right, let's get the 10, 10, bash, happy days. 15, 20, shit, got a 20 already. Like, never been this far before. Um, let's, let's go like, let's go just 21, 22, fuck it, let's go 25. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, so you don't want to hit a target or have a focus and stop. You cons- you constantly reset reset your, your your focuses and your and your and what you want to do. Like because like if I had stopped when I become a professional footballer in America, that'd have been it. I'd had nothing else. Or when I did become one in, in England, and that, that that would be my story done. That'd be complete. So you've got to always what's next, what's next, what's next, and that and people say like, well, you're not like proud what you did and I'm like what well, did that's done like what's next what's next and that's just I suppose that's my mentality and that's 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 why I've, I've played a long time have you developed all these processes and this mentality is that the thing you've developed is it something you worked on or did you work with a sports psychologist do you have you mapped this stuff out or is it just a framework that you've worked out over a period of time that works for you yeah I have I have spoken to people and that framework's changed from being a young lad to being the me I am now. And I think it's just it's just living and, and, and taking in things that, bits of wisdom from, from whether it's a sports psychologist. I mean, I have worked with sports psychologists on a number of occasions, different ones. Um, not, not, not for sort of a long period, but I have, because like I alluded to earlier in the interview, you get caught up in your own sort of thought path and it's difficult to break that cycle without an, an outside influence. And then when somebody says it to you, you're like, what an idiot. Like, why have I been thinking like that? Like, that makes such sense. Why didn't I think of that? And it's been going on in my mind for like a month. So, yeah, it's just, you're just picking up little bits here and there. And, and I think it's just growing your resilience as, as, as a footballer, as a person, as you get older. Glenn, you're at Crystal Palace. 
you're out of favour. Yeah. You have to drop down a league. Yep. You don't really want to drop down a league because you want to be in the Premier League. No. Yeah. No. But there was that Ray, in my defence, that was off the back of a big injury. I know that. But yeah. I had to do that to progress my career. Right. That's the point I'm alluding to. There were several conversations me and you had, you probably had with um, Stace and the family and your agent and coaches or people you trust within the game, yeah? But there is always that question of, is this the right thing to do? Yeah. Will this pay off? Do you see what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's educate guesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, it's, yeah. And, it, and, it's, and, and it's what, it's what athletes do. They back themselves. <clears throat> That's a funny one, that, because I was obviously, like like we just said that, I was off the back of a big injury and I'd been out for a long time and um, my body had changed and I needed to see, I, need, I needed to run the gauntlet of the Football League again. I needed to play week in, week out. I needed to prove to myself that I could stay fit, that my knee was strong and that I could still do it because I'd sat for 10 months in a gym and self-doubt had crept in. Massively. I'll be honest with you, when I joined Reading, my focus was to go, score goals and earn a contract from Reading and prolong my career because I'd have been 30 years old at that stage. And when you snap your ACL at 29, thoughts of retirement come into your mind. Am I going to be the same player? How long am I going to be? How long is this knee going to hold up? My, my other knee is 12% more likely to, to go now that I've done this knee. Or something, something like that. I think it could be even more a bigger percentage. But yeah, it's like it's a much higher percentage for for your other need to 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 snap now that you've done one. So all these thoughts running through my mind. So my main focus is let's get ready, let's smash it, let's score goals, let's get a contract off ready for two or three years and keep yourself in the game. Listen, so that's so so we're talking September the first. That's my thought process. Come January the fifteenth. I've scored goals. Crystal Palace have changed their manager from someone that didn't want me and let me leave to a new manager that's willing to give me a chance. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't need that contract, the championship. I want to go in the champ- in the Premier League. Let's let's re- reset. Let's let's. You've scored goals there. Let's score goals there now. So, and that's what I did. I, I, I don't know. It just Do comes down. Self doubt. Do you think the self doubt? which is natural, it changed your focus, but did it impact like that same application you needed to put into yourself and your performance? Yeah, I suppose it did. That fear, fear drove me. Interesting. It made me focus even more. Having my whole world, uh, so my, 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 my working world, let's say, um, possibly end and change before I've achieved what I feel as though I could achieve in it. That frightened me. Mm-hmm. And that, that made me think sort of, that made me focus in even harder on, on, on not just performances, but everything around. I think, I think you know more than anyone, Ray, that, that me as a football player pre-ACL was a completely different beast to me post-ACL. Yeah, uh, that, that, was, that was... In the strangest scenario, I snapped my ACL. ACL was the biggest, best turning point of my career. But I, I, rem- I remember speaking to Dougie Freeman. So this is me at 27, 28. And him being like, you're lasting. You're first away every day. I'm like, 
yeah? And what? He's like, got to change. I was like, well, got this far. He's like, no, 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 no. You got to change. Like, this is, this is, if you want to go anywhere, got to change your mindset. Got to do more. Got to do better. Got to work harder. And I was like, all right, all right. So like, so, so the penny had started to drop a little bit leading to Dougie. Uh, lead, lead, uh, being managed by Dougie and 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 doing my ACL, um, but yeah, the ACL was the real turning point where I changed everything, and I I like I changed my lifestyle. My lifestyle changed coming back from from my ACL because I was scared of retiring, and I realised how much I pre appreciated the position I was in and the game that I was playing. So almost it realigned your focus. Yeah. Fear, drew, fear drove you into, I don't want to say a more professional, but a more intentful position where you Yeah, start- I mean, that's, that's fair. Well, I am more professional. I, I used to rely on talent and that, that doesn't wash unless you're exceptional. Who is the most focused teammate, or it could be a coach, could be a manager, but who is the most focused person you have worked with in professional football? As far as intense, whilst training and in and around the club, it would I think I'd have to give it to Matty Ritchie down at Bournemouth, uh, now at Newcastle. Uh, just literally wants to win everything. On on like, a, so say we've got a game on a Saturday, and it's Tuesday. Like, if my team gets beat, I'm just not that bothered to be honest, because like I'm I'm all about Saturday. Like, it, it it it's just that that's just how I'm inclined. Don't get me wrong, I'll try my best to win. But if I get beat, I get beat. Matty Ritchie will take that home with him. He's so angry about that and so intense about that. It's like, Matty, just relax. <laughs> I don't know if he's still the same now after he's got a little bit older, but that's how he was when I played with him. I know everyone is an individual and you should do what works for you. And um, But if there was one piece of advice, whether you're playing Sunday League or you're playing in the Premier League, what is the one piece of advice or a... a you know, a, a few bullet points that you'd give to anyone to to be focused on the 90 minutes to to be able to concentrate for the entirety of the game and be the best that you can be. That's easy. Enjoy it. But Glenn, I see this is, uh, but how do you explain to me? I, I honestly, this is what, this is something that I've wanted to talk about and that I've wanted to write about is when people say enjoy it, right? I, I don't understand that because I can't understand. I can't enjoy something that I want to do well at. I can't. If I honestly, if I had a job in right, all right, you 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 tell me this right. So, say you're playing football, yeah, yeah, but it's not going that well, yeah, and you walk off disappointed. Yes, you were fully focused on that game, though, weren't you? Oh, a hundred percent. I felt sick yeah. before the game. I felt sick. This is power league, by the way. This is crap football. Well, I am, I am sick before the game. I am, I feel nervous, and it doesn't mean anything, but it means everything to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just enjoy it. Just like, like, do you know when like kids go out and play football? There's just too much emphasis on it. Like when I go, when I used to go to like a coffee shop or something, yeah. Like people questioning why I was there would make me feel guilty. And then I'd look down and I'd have like a muffin and I'd feel even guiltier. Like, what are you eating that for? <laughs> but it just made me like, it just made me relax and made me easy and just like I was ready to go then. Listen, I don't always eat like sweet treats, but I'd be like, let's have something like with a coffee, just nice and easy. And then I'd go out and I'd, I'd try my best to enjoy it because when you're kids, 
you want to play football through enjoyment and that gets you where you have gotten to. And I just think, I think we just get bogged down with just too much. You see, it's like you say, you can have 10 actions on a football pitch, whatever they may be, and nine out of 10 of those actions, you do well and you do right. But that one action, there's always going to be someone that picks up on it. It's like social media. I can scroll through social media. And it's positive, 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 positive. One negative, I'm like, well, why? Why? And I've, I've, I've automatically put all my focus on that one negative and not on the 90 positives beforehand. So you just like, you got to let go and you just know that you can't please everyone. If you're not, if you're not enjoying it, you just, what, what's the point? Okay, on that last thing, did you, have you learned to enjoy it or is enjoying it something that you always did? No, listen, being a professional, I do things every day that I don't enjoy. But it's creating habits that benefit you as well. Like, I don't really enjoy training that much. I enjoy the finishing drill. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's where I'm really going to hold my skill. But as far as tactical things, I can pick it up and I know, I know where I need to be and what, I'm, what I've got to do on a Saturday. But I find doing it midweek... It doesn't. It doesn't excite me. What excites me is, is banging balls at goalkeepers and trying trying to hit the back of the net. But that that's me. That's me at seven years old, and that's me at thirty seven years old. <laughs> Do you find that that's primarily because of the era you've come through football? Like, I think again, what Ben's alluding to, there's a lot more social pressure or fear of being judged on a younger generation, except Ben. Yeah, but you, you invite that pressure by having social media accounts. They're optional. They're, they're not all optional. Sometimes they're in your face. You turn up to a club and the paper's there. Do you, do you see what I mean? Like, yes, it's optional to have social media on your phone as regular as you do. You know, you can have strategies around all of that. But there's so many distraction avenues out there now which can invite pressure i personally having worked with a number of professional footballers and athletes i personally know you're a small minority amongst a large group who kind of do fear being judged um and have that fear of failure where you lapped up failure and said this is either going to beat me or i'm going to beat it yeah listen i I, i've always been i've been fearful of those things as well but i'm just willing to fight them there's something in me, I don't know, it's the area I'm from, the way I was brought up, but that constant questioning of me, I think throughout my career, has made me want to ram it back down people's throats. Well, don't say that, Glenn, because now I've got a load of other questions I want to ask you. You should have said that, you've killed me now. I know you've got to go, but that, you, you, that, we were about to finish. And then you say this. <laughs> Part two. Listen, <laughs> I wish I was basically. Uh, okay, you gotta go. You gotta go, Glenn. Don't worry. I, listen, I appreciate. I appreciate your time. It was really, really interesting talking to you. Thanks, mate. It's really good. All right, nice one. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, much mate. Well, that's all for today's episode of the Performance Lab podcast. Thanks for listening and thank you, Glenn Murray and my co-host, Ryan Wilson. 
Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. We are there. Never miss an episode. And obviously leave a review, five stars if you can, please, and all the nice, lovely comments. And you can find us on social media. We are the Performance Lab Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Give us a follow and stay up to date with all our latest releases. Thank you.